2: Hey guys, it's the Ant Man. Welcome to Yee, Yee Radio, the podcast. Tyler Smith on the podcast today. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good. Good to see you. Good to see. I you. I mean, what I can see, you're camouflaged in with a chair today.
1: Yeah, I was supposed to be a deer hunter for uh, the Yee Apparel podcast episode. So
2: a deer hunter.
1: A deer hunter. So I had some binoculars too. So.
2: Was it just what you put on this morning? You're like,
1: well. They're so the last hunt. minute, like what we're supposed to do. And so I think they told told me last night we're going to dress up as something. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to go to the store. I don't have anything. So this was authentic and real.
2: Yeah. Do you deer hunt? I do. Do you? do. You I like, do. do you like bow hunting or do you like?
1: Yeah, uh, bow, I just got rifle. into bow hunting. I, and, um, I was actually just at the ranch out at mom's place this past weekend filling the feeders and mowing and planting um, some wheat, oats, and winter peas and that sort of thing for a food plot. Now we just need rain but um yeah I love, it's a big passion of mine bow hunting is hard deer hunting with a rifle over corn is easy but bow hunting because you know where they're going
2: to be and when typically yeah, you train it, them to come and, in
1: right with the corn yeah. yeah a lot of people like hate on that but in texas it's legal and why not right why not but bow hunting uh, yeah i've tried it two seasons i think and I've, i think i've missed like three times and hit
2: nothing <laughs> it's, it's tough you have to have a lot of patience for bow hunting yeah but you seem like the one that would have a lot of patience for
1: it I do but it's just it's 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 a new world for me I'm trying to still trying to figure it out they um I have a tripod and so when I stand I got to stand up in the tripod to draw and obviously if you're standing up and you're trying to hit a deer that's 20 yards away they're obviously going to see you yeah it's tough even with the camo on even with the camo on and
2: 12 feet up they see the weirdest things man I've just I've I did a little bit of, I I don't even call it really hunting. I sat in a deer stand twice when I was like 10 years old or something. Mm -hmm. But I remember walking to the deer stand, pitch black, you know, it's super early in the morning, and hearing a deer. Like I felt, I feel like I felt his breath on me.
1: I heard him that or a hog. What? Oh, it could have been a hog. Hogs are scary, man. I've never been hog hunting. Have you done that? Yeah, but not. Yeah, I have. I've shot a lot of hogs. In my have life. you? But um, yeah. If you're in a brush blind and it's early, like before the sun comes up, and you're just by yourself in the middle of nowhere, and you hear them, you because you can hear them start doing their pig stuff. You What's know, rummage, pig
2: stuff? What is that?
1: <laughs> just rummaging, rummaging around yeah. and and looking for food and oinking. You know and they come if they come in packs yeah. like 20, 20 of them it's it's a little scary it's like do I have enough arrows or do they have ammo? tusks?
2: Yeah do the, the wild hogs? Yeah I've never done any of that Yeah it's fun though I'm a borderline city boy I think
1: <laughs> Me too but we all got some country in us Exactly
2: all right You're you're the middle kid Yeah Granger's the oldest Parker's the youngest Yeah Do you have the uh,
1: I was the youngest for a while though that's It took true. a while for Parker to come around What's the
2: difference between you and Parker uh the 10 years 10 years between you two so I was 10 about to be 10 when he was born so you really don't have or didn't have the middle child syndrome thing right
1: I don't think so I don't know what really what that is so I don't think so
2: I read about it that it's the oldest is like the leader you know so he has to he leads the 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 younger ones the youngest gets by with anything because they've already done everything the middle one is still trying to find their identity right and i don't, I don't right. feel like you're like that
1: no i don't think so and maybe that was because i was i was a, i was the youngest for so long but 10 years <laughs> helped out yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so 10 years how how much between you and granger
1: uh like four so he's 14 years older than parker
2: so you were a freshman when he was a senior or did he you're a freshman when he graduated yeah
1: i was what was I? I think i was eighth grade when he was a senior
2: Okay, yeah. So you started your freshman year. He started his freshman year in college.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I know he went to uh, Granger. Went to A and M. You went to Rice. I went to Rice. Yeah. What was your major? Economics. Hmm. What were you going to do with that? I didn't know
1: what the heck. I wanted to do business, and they didn't offer too many um, majors or degrees. So I just economics was like, ah, this sounds like business, and I hated it. (laughs) I hated it. It You played football too, right?
2: I did. Did you at rice being a d one athlete did you have like tutors and stuff?
1: we did, yeah, I mean, did I utilize them and stuff probably, probably not, not like nearly as much I just tried to get by, yeah to be honest, and you did, and I did
2: did you did you like
1: playing in college football it was it was short story it was a tough transition coming from a high school where we were used to winning state championships that was the standard, and you were the man going to a school that I found out pretty quick. I was like, w- is my passion really football or was it winning or w-? Cause we didn't win in college. And it was, you go from being the stud in high school to, to the bottom of the depth chart, right? Cause there's seniors and juniors playing starting ahead of you over. and yeah. starting all over. And it was a tough transition, but I, at the end, I, I ended up really appreciating it for what it was and what the degree actually meant getting one from Rice. Um, it was one of the best accomplishments of my life was getting that degree.
2: Yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, I didn't finish, I didn't finish college. I, I got into what I wanted to get into, which was the reason I was going to college in the first place. And you didn't have to have a degree. These to be days a radio. you don't, no.
1: you don't, you're just going in
2: debt right out of the gate, man. That is, you know, I have, I have uh, now I have an 18 year old who balanced that, made that decision this year. She had to decide if she was going to, and we, we help out too, but we're not paying for all it We're not just going you know, yeah, cool. down a chunk, of, a chunk of money for to go experience college life. Uh, she was going to have to be in, involved as well with a huge chunk, enough to feel it. And she actually, she made a really wise, I thought, really wise grown-up decision to go, maybe I shouldn't be in $30,000 in debt my first year in college. So what'd she do? She went to community college. Which so, took one? all the same classes. ACC. Nice. Yeah, at paying a 30th of what yeah it's, you know she would it it's State.
1: something to do yeah you know when you're that young figuring figuring you know not many people know what they want to do at that age yeah. figuring out but what you want to do but it's do you want to do that while you're i don't know it's an open conversation i feel like these days where in the past it was like a standard where like you're going to college
2: i know? do like the 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 whole deal of you're going to prove that you can stick with something yeah like, get a piece of paper and a degree I don't like that it I costs so stinking much.
1: Yeah, there was a, obviously some struggles and stuff. It was tough to to finish, but I finished, and that was the most important thing was like, I said I was going to go do this, and, and I did it. So.
2: When you were playing football there, Would you play, what position?
1: I played um, like a hybrid safety, kind of in between a linebacker and a free safety, strong safety. You said
2: you started at the bottom. Of course, you're at the bottom of the depth chart. Uh, did you get to a place in there where you, did you play all four years? I
1: didn't play all four years. I played two. Or in a, okay. I, I stayed on scholarship all throughout. Oh, cool. stayed on the team, but I ended up, My fr- I got redshirted and then I ended up rotating in first string my freshman year, um, which was fun with two other guys until um, I got hurt. But I did get like, I did play a lot of special teams as well and got like special team player of the game, like against when we played Hawaii in Hawaii, which was fun. So you get to travel to Hawaii. Do you go
2: early for that? Do you go like a few days early? We did. We went like a week so early. Yeah. And
1: the, the when we were there, they happened to be doing the Hawaiian Tropic um, International Model um, <laughs> oh, just contest just at, at our hotel. <laughs> so the coaches, I'm sure, were like giving us curfews and kind of like, great, here we are with these 18, 19 year old kids with this going on when they're supposed to be focused on a game but did you win
2: the game um do you even remember that part i
1: don't remember if we did or not i didn't i got the special teams player the game i don't that's cool though. hawaii was good back in the day i don't know how they are now but they were good they had some of those crazy good quarterbacks in that spread
2: offense they have a lot of i mean it, it is it's uh, samoa america right and that is that the proper way to say it like Sounds there's a lot right. of samoans Sounds right, right? Yeah, yeah. family members that that play football there and man they're they're a different breed yeah I mean, they just are. like they're rough well and they're raised that way that samoan family tradition there was, was a lot of to, trash talk in that game oh i bet a lot
1: i'm sure they're great and loyal and, and and all that stuff but when it came on the football field yeah they were
2: they feel very and they you know they probably are a lot of family but they if you're even if you're not your family. If you're yeah. a Samoan American, right? Yeah. Sticking together yeah. got your back. You got yeah. mine. It's easier to trash talk when you know somebody's got your back.
1: Too. Yeah. Yeah. 90 other guys on
2: the sideline yeah. ready to go. So when you started in college at Rice, where was Granger in his career? What was he doing?
1: So I started at Rice and my fall of 20, 2002, a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. Um, So Granger was, I think he, uh, I know he just moved to Nashville. He left Texas A&M after his sophomore year because he signed a publishing deal with EMI Publishing. Okay. And so he went up there and wrote songs and I think he lived there for about six years. I remember we played Duke, um, which is in, where's Duke? North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. Yeah, so he came with a buddy, drove from Nashville to see that show, so that was fun. To, to know that they're in the stands at some place where I'm a freshman in college and by
2: myself out there. What's funny is you said he came, nowhere. he drove to see that show, which I think we're so used to. So he drove to see the game.
1: Uh yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> drove to see the game, the football yeah. game.
2: So he's living in Nashville. You're in college. It, so and I'm in Houston. Yeah. And you're in Houston. You, you go to Duke to play the game. He comes to see you, but you guys, I mean, he's in Nashville now. Yeah. Right. He's, he's a,
1: doing his own thing. Yeah. He's trying to be a country singer and star and I'm trying to be in the NFL, I guess, you know?
2: Yeah. You finished, you finished college at Rice. You have a degree. What are you doing as soon as you get out?
1: Uh, so all my buddies, Rice is a, a very prestigious school and the people that go there do, you know, doctors and lawyers and investment banking and real estate and all that yeah. stuff. So all my good buddies at the time were kind of jumping into those fields and um, a lot of close friends were doing investment banking in New York and I didn't really wanna to go to New York, but um, I had some friends back in high school too and college that w- took the real estate route. And so I I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing real estate. I think my girlfriend at the time, her dad was a big you know real estate guy in Dallas. And so um, he actually hooked me up. It was in like 07. So that was like the the recession, right? Just okay. starting. So I remember like nobody was getting jobs at that time. It was really tough, even coming from Rice and all the connections that I had. But I ended up getting a job um, doing, underwriting loans for commercial real estate at Compass Bank. So it's not, when people hear Compass Bank, they hear, they think like the teller, like the drive-through stuff. Well, it was like the corporate big building. In a tower, not in in a tower. Underwriting loans for like Target and shopping centers and big
2: deals. So like if, so there's a new target going in right here by EE farm. So yeah. they want to build, they come to a guy like you. I
1: was the one underwriting and crunching all the numbers. Front the money. Yeah. And, and then giving it to the, you know, the, the managers above me, the relationship managers and all that stuff, giving them all the numbers. And man,
2: I hated it. <laughs> you did all the hustle work. <laughs> I oh, I it. bet. Yeah. It was, I was it's in a It's a grunt work for them, right? Yeah. On the money side.
1: I was in a cubicle, you know, oh. and, uh, kind of like college I was like I didn't really study I didn't really care I didn't want to do it and so I was passionate about music and kind of I through college I was kind of helping Granger do stuff booking shows in between classes and practice
2: and what would you do to book show like at that time your very first show yeah I still
1: frame. I actually still have the journal that I wrote like I mean, we could talk forever about it, but I would just basically cold call everybody in Texas cuz there was a scene and still is a scene in Texas where you can play. And uh um, You say
2: you would cold call people though. I mean, would you cold call a club? Just yeah. a random Yeah, I would bar.
1: literally just find a club on the internet and dial the number for the club and then some bartender would answer and I'd say I'm looking to book, you know, Granger Smith and um nobody knew who he was at the time, yeah. so um most of the time 99% of the time it was a no we don't know you but sometimes we'd get a show and you know we'd be lucky to get a case of beer and maybe like 200 bucks would you to negotiate play like a 3 that? hour set yeah i would do all the negotiation and basically my goal with all that was um just to get them in there yeah and knowing having confidence that i would go to all the shows well i guess not when i was in college but i would try to during the summers but i would go Say, and introduce myself and say, hey, I'm Tyler. I'm the one that I booked the show. I'm doing, selling the merch and managing him and booking him and doing all this stuff. And I would, I had confidence in myself that I could create a rapport and relationship with that guy, the buyer, whoever was responsible for bringing bands in, that even though nobody might come to the show, if I called him again, he would answer and be like, oh, I like Tyler. We'll give you another, we'll give you another show. Yeah. And it kind of started that way.
2: And so you would do this in between classes, like say yeah. you had, you had a 12 o'clock, you're off two hours, supposed to be studying I would go to like
1: the library and book a show
2: yeah, or try to yeah, cold call these people. So he's in Nashville. Why were you booking stuff back here? In
1: well, that it's been so long that some, sometimes the years get, um,
2: yeah, everything overlaps, right?
1: I think, so I think he came back right when I was finishing. So I was starting to book like in 06, 07. Yeah. which is, I think, about the time that he came back to Texas and decided to start a band because cool. he could answer better. But the way I understood it, Jason Aldean and him were buddies back then, and Jason was just getting started. And Granger played steel guitar in, in bands and just kind of around town. He also sang and did all that. But
2: He played steel guitar?
1: Played steel, and Jason needed a steel guitar player or wanted one and liked Granger and said, hey, I'm about to release like my first single, uh, just got signed by a label, will you come be my steel guitar player? And so Granger at that point realized, do I want to be a member of a band yeah. and go tour with this guy or do I want to be the singer? And so he said, I want to be the singer, packed up his stuff, moved back to Texas and started a band.
2: Wow. Yeah. I don't think he and I have ever talked about that before. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And so he comes and back Jason here. Jason
1: Aldean didn't do anything. He just no. kind of Still struggling. Still, yeah. yeah, I think he's still doing it
2: yeah i think he just did some he did a song recently with a some no name new god that's girl. such a
1: good song yeah
2: he and carrie such a good song really, and i think what they're doing on two or two i haven't seen it in person but i think she is a hologram
1: yeah i saw that is that right that's yeah. pretty
2: sick yeah it's amazing yeah jason aldean carrie underwood song uh, which we're playing on yee, yee radio awesome uh the, uh, okay. So you're booking shows between classes. Mm-hmm. Are you, is there a point in time you're going, hang on, people are starting to say yes. And are you going to these shows too? Or And how much how, was that? You're like your junior year, senior year.
1: That was like my junior, senior year. I always had a hand in, yeah. in something that Granger was doing, but he was signed. Like he was with that big publishing deal. And then he was with a big management company mm-hmm. that had some big artists at the time still do they're Red Light Management, one of the biggest, yeah. if not the biggest management company. But um, deservedly so, I should say he was on the back burner because he was a new artist. But I, I felt like he deserved way more than attention and, and stuff that he was getting, um, which comes along, along with when you're with a big agency or huge management company, you're focused on the Jason Aldeans or the Luke Bryans or whatever, as they should be. But I thought that I could, I could go in there and do so much more Than what he was getting. And so I slowly transitioned. I slowly did that in college. I got the job. I gave him a year um, at this bank, and I would be working on the computer at MySpace at the time on his page and all that stuff. And the boss would walk by and I'd like, you know, hide the screen or whatever. But then I quit that job and I knew that I wanted to get into music full time and, 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 and help with Granger's career. So that was kind of in 2008 where I'd quit everything and just went all in.
2: 2008, you said this is it. Yeah. because And it, it wasn't just a jump right in, because like you said, you had been booking shows. So you'd started going, this is how you talk, this is what you do, this is how you how you operate as a manager yeah. and le- and did the bad things and did the good things and figured them out.
1: Yeah, that was it. You learn all the stuff along yeah. the way, just like anything. But I think the most important thing is just having a, a never Quit attitude and yeah. a and a, and a passion and just a belief, and that's what's that's what gets you through all the good times and the bad times.
2: All three of you have that. Is that
1: something that your your
2: parents that have what? They have that attitude. I of, don't know.
1: Is Parker something? had to have it because he was around me and Granger, but
2: <laughs> and he's well, it, it, but for real, he yep. learned by example. He yeah. saw you guys fail and he saw you guys succeed. Yeah, and how you persevered through the through the failures. Yeah. So I could see that. Is that something you got uh, dad show you that mom show you that?
1: Yeah. You know, I I think it was, you know, they say your most impressionable ages, I think are between like two and eight or something like that. And so, yeah, I just, yeah. Parents are such an important part of raising, you know, sons and daughters. And back, back then I, you know, I I didn't know what was happening, but they were obviously great role models and raised us right.
2: You know, what's a do you have a good story from a from a horrible booking
1: um one popped on. in my, my mind Did. um I'm sure that there's a million but we played or we didn't we didn't play it I tried booking this place oh I got another one too but I tried booking this place for years and they never answered never got a deal done and for some reason I don't remember the details but I never got it done, but he, the guy called me the day of, when he thought we were supposed to be there playing. I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, we never confirmed." And so he he thought we were coming. We didn't. We were somewhere else.
2: For a second, though, did you feel like, "Oh crap! I booked something and I forgot to write it down, or forgot to put it on the calendar?" Or for, I, dude, I was I
1: was so diligent with my yeah. note. I knew. Yeah. I, I knew that we didn't because I had everything. That's all I did. You know, I was just psycho about it. But another quick one is a buddy of mine lives in Oklahoma. He texted me the other day and said, hey, I won't name any names, but he said, I'm sitting with my buddy out here. He owns a bar. He'd love to have you sometime. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I literally tried to book Granger for 10 years at this place. This guy, maybe he answered or emailed once, but I mean, I to my 100 emails and calls, it was zero to one. Nothing." And I was like, now he, after we've in arenas and stadiums, now he wants to come back and say, come back and play my club. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> I tried so, so, so many stories like that where, You know, and that's what's so cool about having people that gave us a shot in the beginning when nobody should have. I'll always remember that,
2: you know? Yeah. I wonder if there's any, is there any pride in them <laughs> to call? Like, is it, do they think before, man, He's not gonna remember us. He they play so many shows, he's not gonna remember me. So I'm just gonna go ahead and call and ask or text him. And I ask. got a good memory.
1: <laughs> exactly. But uh, do you think that
2: they think that? Well,
1: I told him So I what I tell people now is I don't I don't book shows now. Like we have yeah. William Morris agency and we have an agent. And so I always tell people, I'm like, Sure, we'll play anywhere. You just gotta go through our agent. And so they go through the agent. And if they bring an offer that we're not even going to look at, they won't even make it to the system and I won't ever see it. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you got to go through them. And then if it filters through and all the terms and agreement and all that stuff is right, then the agent will come to me and call me and say, do you want to do the show? So, and I say yes or no. So it's got to go through a series of steps to get back to me at this point, which is great. Cause I don't have to deal with the whistleblowers. You know,
2: we had, a. uh, uh Logan on, Logan Mize. I know you know Logan. Uh-huh. He's played a few shows with Granger before and uh, he uh, speaks very highly of you and Granger both. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he, uh, he was talking about one show where he did that, uh, that he would just get the door and when they finished up at the end of the night, it was like $5 a person. It only held 600 people. They were like, he goes, it was fully packed. They handed us $600 at the end of the night.
1: Mm. Have
2: you ever had to deal with with a club or a, a place like that?
1: Yeah, man, all the time. Uh, gosh, I'll start with, you know, I did that too when I was booking, when we st- first started popping and I saw, okay, we're going to, we're going to, like, nobody else believed in us, but I was like, I see what's happening with the whole Earl stuff yeah. when that came along. Yeah. We booked a sh- uh, show in Lincoln, Nebraska. And um, again, this guy never answered my call for five years. Finally, somehow I got a show. And like that, like Logan, I, a lot of my strategy was, I was like, look, I know you don't know who we are. I don't want a guarantee. And for the listeners listening, artists get a guarantee versus a percentage of the door, right? So instead of saying, give me $2,000 versus 80% of the door, I said, just give me the door. If So what that meant was if nobody comes, like we're not making money. doesn't cost you anything. to wash. Yeah. You're going to be open anyway. But if we actually bring people, we're actually going to make
2: some money—ten dollar, ten dollar, five dollar ticket, whatever it was—and for them, for the actual bar owner, they're making a ton of money on beer.
1: Yeah, but I, I also would pick random nights that yeah. they're no, that nothing's going on. So yeah. let's say, give us a Tuesday night. Yeah, you're not nothing's going on. Yeah. If nothing happens, like nothing was happening anyway. Yeah, but if we bring people in, you give us a door, and you're going to make all the alcohol yeah. money. So anyway, this one in Lincoln, Nebraska, we were just starting to—I could see it happening. We ended up selling it out, like a six, 700 cap small room in Nebraska. And the owner, it was coupled with, is like the best crowd he'd ever seen there. Plus I think he was like retiring like the next week, but he got really drunk. And so when I I went to go settle up and say, oh, great show, yep. sold it out, told yep. you we do well. Yeah, You know, what did we make? You know, hundred percent door. He gave me like like that Logan story, like yeah. nothing,
2: like five hundred bucks or. Five, and okay. I
1: was like, oh, dude, this isn't happening." And so he he put a gun like on the table. Uh, I didn't know what that meant, but I've, I've had a few gun instances at close, close outs, But
2: have you like, really?
1: I was like, "All right, well, that I'm sounds like a movie, though."
2: Yeah, that doesn't sound like like. You know, oh, dude, you're dealing. They I, make this up. I in used movies. to
1: tell my dad like these stories, and he'd be like, "Tyler, like, there's there's bad people in any business. Yeah, it's not just." True drunk bar owners and clubs like that they're, they're bad people everywhere um but so i went and got back up i think i got one person then i got like blake at the time and then got somebody else you know and then finally we finally we got out of there i think we got what we were happy with without getting shot but yeah that was one story
2: dude that's bizarre that there was uh, a dude lays down a gun on the table i mean what was he gonna do sometimes we just get money like dollars like yeah.
1: stacks like in rubber band just yeah. thrown at us like great show we're like oh wait we need to count this like we have a deal they're like what do you mean you don't trust me I'm like no at
2: 1 a.m no you're uh, wasting no, a- asking us if we
1: want to do shots we're like no we're leaving we're let's we'll settle up
0: In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all have to drive somewhere. Yeah. That's why we're not taking shots right now. Yeah. Wow. You met, you brought up Earl. You, that's really kind of when you knew things were starting to take off when Earl became viral. And you were very instrumental that. You were filming them, right?
1: Me and Parker were. You and Parker both were. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You're the first one to ever say "ye yee Yeah. Am I right on that? You're right. 10 years ago. I said say yee-yee. 10 years ago this year. Yeah. And where did, like what made you say Say ye, ye. I mean, w- had you said say something else? Had had you said four or five other things?
1: Yeah. So we did a video every week, and during that time when we were filming the Earl video, it was just another video. We we ha- we were driving around in the van at the time, and we all there was there used to be a fan. I think Granger might have a different story, but I re- I remember there used to be like a crazy fan that would. um Tweet, I think, ye, Y-I-Y-I, just random, like, well, what does this mean? So it be, kind of became like an inside joke. And then we ended up saying, changing it to y e e y e. So I think at that time, it was an inside joke in the, in the band. And so I said, say ye. and he said it. And then history was made.
2: And history was made. <laughs> was it literally that next weekend after the, after you put out that video that you saw signs? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We, cause we put out videos every week and they would get a hundred. We'd wake up, we'd put it out, wake up and have a hundred views. Like literally. Yeah. But we just knew we had to keep going. Our goal at the time was a million viewed video.
2: Sounds like this podcast.
1: Yeah. I'll put it out. If you do something long put enough, 50 man, views. something's bound <laughs> a week <to> later. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, we put that one out and I think the next morning it had like 24,000 views. We're like, Oh my gosh, I think we did it. And then soon after that the video of the week stopped because we were trying to capture lightning in a bottle sure. with this Earl thing.
2: Dude, that's insane that he, I mean, just one thing you yelled at him, you decided to edit in. And I mean, cause I, I went back and pulled the audio cause we were using, yeah. we were using it on the air, on Yi Radio is to uh, sift through the wind noise. It was, yeah. to, it was just the microphone on the camera. Well, I only had right.
1: the left speaker on like if you listen to it on youtube the original video the only right, the left only the left is my, working
2: oh how funny <laughs> yeah because it was just a camcorder
1: it was or was I, it an actual DSR? It was a 90 or something okay yeah yeah at the time
2: the one the kit that you buy at sam's probably yeah one it's of those one of the first like three lenses in it yeah yeah that's the, kind of like my first camera too
1: yeah and yeah. we did that we did a lot of the like because the office was popular at the time yeah. still is love the office but we did did a lot of awkward like zoom ins you know so that was that inspired a lot of the earl dibbles stuff still does to this day
2: when did after that you started putting it on t-shirts selling them at shows when did you go hey what if we did this apparel company and just sold this did, yeah this stuff you know i know we're jumping from 10 years ago the the video that got 24,000 views overnight to now to where he apparel is. So in that time, where was the decision to go? Hey, let's, let's do some different things than just this one shirt or these two shirts.
1: Yeah. Well, so the first shirt I'm trying to think was either the put a good dip in that had Mm -hmm. Earl's face, but the one that said that not many people know, I said, I'm a country boy. Black t-shirt said, I'm a country boy. And on the back it said, I wake up, I whittle sticks, I climb the windmill, like all the stuff that he does in that video. Yep. And then I had a pink one that said, I'm a country girl. Same stuff on the back. Those started selling really well. And I don't remember when, the first video was 2011, music video was 2012. So it came out between 2011, 13, somewhere in there. But it started selling really well enough where a company emailed me a cease and desist letter. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but a cease and desist letter saying, hey, we own the copyright and the trademark to Country Boy. You can't put Country Boy or Country Girl on any article of clothing, any koozie, anything. Wow. If you continue selling this, we'll take legal action. So I was like, oh, what? Crap, like,
2: what do I are I do? are you his manager right now? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so I ended up talking to my dad about it and showed my dad, because I think I might've been living with them at the time or visiting or something. And he said, he said, you need to trademark Yee, because they're doing this to us. You need to protect the Yee thing that's going on right now. So soon after that, we went to the legal process and trademarked Yee Yee. And then um, it officially became a company, an LLC Yee, Yee apparel in 2015. When in my mind we have everything was like was down the music lane and I wanted to separate and grow something outside of that. Not, yeah. I didn't really. I don't know if I knew the vision and, and saw where it was going. I still don't know where we're going to be ten years from now. But I knew that I wanted to separate that from the music and the Granger thing and create its own entity that was still connected, had an arm and a branch to Granger and all these other things that we're doing.
2: Well, and think about what Ye, Ye Apparel meant to all of you guys in the year, year and a half that Granger was off the road because of COVID.
1: Yeah. It saved us i mean
2: it was and if it just been everything, if it, everything had stayed with the music stayed with the touring it would have
1: we had no music, money coming
2: in it'd been going the same way as the except music
1: except for ye apparel yeah. and people were at home and e-commerce has exploded and so people were buying ye apparel and we're like god this and our and the fans and the customers like saved saved us during that time
2: Yeah, you could still make a t-shirt with a mask on do what? You can still make a t-shirt with yeah. a mask on. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't go out to a club or go to, you know, at that time. Right. When it was, it was freaky. Um, man, it's it, it, now not only an apparel company, but an outdoor company.
1: Yeah. It's so exciting. And I Lures. tell, I t- yeah, I tell the team, all, what'd you say? Lures. Yeah. Lures. I tell the team all that all the time. Like, yeah, we're, it's an apparel company, but we're trying to be Yee the, you know, the number one outdoor lifestyle brand in the world. And what does that mean? It could mean... Obviously, apparel and t shirts, but it could mean a podcast, it could mean a radio station, it could mean, um, you know, an energy drink, all these things. and We got something coming up that we haven't been announced yet that we're excited about. Project X, right. Project X coming up soon, but yeah. So, I tell the team all the time, I'm like, what can, and it's mainly my job, but to think of what could we become that we had none of us had like had any idea that that would be our number one seller that's not like a t shirt or something like cologne if we do a cologne which we might do
2: nice um, can you wear this cologne while you deer hunt
1: <laughs> no probably yeah, not I got it
2: probably not <laughs> did you think that uh, and you told me this when we were we were talking about starting EU radio that you guys had talked about doing radio before yeah why did you not do it before and why are we doing because
1: it because it takes some it takes a who uh, yeah, a okay. person yeah and that person was you like okay. I can come up here and and come up with all kinds of awesome ideas and Granger and Parker can too, but if you, we have so many things going on that if you don't have that person that can help bring it to life, Mm -hmm. then it's still just an idea. And so that's what happened when you came on. It was like, it was just, it was meant
2: to be. And it was an interesting conversation because I think I anticipate most conversations, I guess most of my life, I feel like that I've had to sell it I know what I think about it, but I it's, it's been hard for me to translate what I felt or thought about it to somebody else with the same and them have the same passion that I had. Yeah. With it, you know, and I've never been a great salesperson per se. I can I can do a pitch. I've you know I've endorsed a lot of things in my radio career, um, things that only things that I believed in. I never really did anything. I can't think of anything that I ever talked about as an endorser as saying this is what I put my my brand or my stamp on that I didn't personally use or, or think was great. But I, so those, which made it easy that when I did want to talk or did need to talk about it, I could, because I really genuinely liked it. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm not the person who goes into a, a business and goes, here's the reason you need to buy ads on our radio station. I'll leave that to salespeople. And yeah. at Yee Radio, we even have we have a great, a great group of people who take care of those relationships between you know the radio station and uh, the uh, the sponsors, the the partners that we have, like Tecovas and and Canadibs and things like that, and some other ones we have coming up. They're great at that because I'm horrible at that. So when I it started with a text between me and Granger, and then it led to a conversation with me, you, and Granger, and in that, I didn't. I was like, man, I feel like I'm. I should be selling this more to them, but you guys are getting it. Like you, yeah. You have the same passion, if and in parts of it, if not more than I do about it. What did I do wrong? Because this is not. See, it's not the norm for me. It didn't feel like the norm that I had to, you know, oversell it to get somebody to understand it and believe in it.
1: It's tough to find the right person.
2: Yeah, and that's why I think when I stopped for a minute, I was like, okay, this feels really good, and this is why because. I feel like they get it the same way I do. I'm catching on the stuff that they're talking about and it's happening probably the most organic of anything that I've ever done.
1: Yeah, it's rare to find partners and people that see the same vision yeah. as you do. I feel like a, bu- a bunch of our life and our career has been like, hey, do you wanna do this? They say, no, we do it anyway. And then a couple of <laughs> years go by and we're still doing it. And they're like, oh yeah, you were right about that one thing. It's like, yeah, I do. I told you. I know. I told you. You know." Yeah
2: and you know i grew up and i think this is what lends itself to to you guys being so close as brothers because you're not doing it alone yeah. you have your older and your younger brother parker's yeah. not doing it alone he has his two older brothers granger's not doing it alone because he has his two younger brothers you know i i was kid number five of four girls that were all gone so it's just so solo. Doing it alone <laughs> so it's just figuring out and it's been cool to you know in in this sense on the radio side, to to be adopted with you guys, to be partnering up and working with you. And it it means a lot to me to have guys that that I feel that have my back on the radio stuff and know that I do too, and just adds to your number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to continue to grow and add to the team. And you find out in any business where like kind of your bottleneck is, Yeah, you know, and then you figure out who you need to bring on to offload some of that that stuff and continue to grow and it's all that stuff is scary but necessary to each hire and each new hire and stuff is a little scary you know a lot of people it's the gotta have the abundant mindset you know not the scarcity of like how am I gonna pay for this and because obviously hiring the right people and bringing on the right the right team members just can exponentially lighten the load for you and just you know the growth of the company can go through
2: the roof Well, the 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 phrase "yee" is 10 years old this year first time that earl said it uh, on camera how long have you been officially granger's manager
1: you know when it was never like a sit down and Here's sign something yeah. it was just like it, it, it probably when i left the bank in 08 i went you know, force literally, I remember my, my bank statement at the time was like four cents, .04. Um,
2: Been there for sure. Yeah,
1: so, um, yeah, I just went on the road with him and um, that time he was back in Texas getting going and so I sold merch, um, tour managed, managed book shows, did everything but play on stage for the most part actually i did play on stage one time did you really what'd you play our keyboards
2: do you know are you good at keys i don't know how to play at all are you serious our keyboard
1: player was sick we were playing in houston and um i don't know why like why they i think maybe there was some track stuff yeah we ended up tracking it obviously but i got up there and just acted like i was playing the entire 90 minute set
2: <laughs> that's hilarious do you think how many people do you think knew I don't think anybody, anybody knew, knew, man. It's on a track anyway. It was so man, weird. It's good. It was Sounds fun great. Though. Do you have uh do you play anything? No. I don't nothing. I don't. So we've seen we've seen Parker on TikTok. Yep, he's yeah. great. know, yeah. Super disciplined. Been been you know He's been
1: uh, doing it for yeah, a long time now, every day.
2: We know Granger does, obviously. But no you sing?
1: I play I played, you know, guitar. I could I can play the standard chords, but I it never D G C Yeah. It never entered. i never had interest to continue beyond. I, maybe that's why I just fell into the business and business role and management role.
2: We talk about, you know, when we were just talking about the radio stuff, just having the person, you're the person to do the, the business stuff with no, you're not distracted by, man, I got to go practice for 30 minutes or, or do this, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, rehearse for a show.
1: Yeah. I never did that. Yeah. Those guys just play guitar all day, which yeah. is awesome. They're incredible, but
2: that's true. And um, you ever thought about managing other artists?
1: I have. And I still, to this day, think about it, you know, whether it's an artist or like a influencer or a mm-hmm. comedian or something, all these spaces that we have these days, but man, I just love my freedom. You know, I think, you know, what's the quote where, you know, your, your time is money, you know? Um, I could have all the money in the world, but if I'm slaving away at a job and working all that, I just love my freedom. Yeah. And so it scares me to, if I if I took on the role of, plus man, just starting from scratch, like, man, I've done that, I'm still like trying over here with Granger's career, yeah. just put so much blood, sweat, tears and years into this thing Um, that it just scares me to start, because it's tough to break an artist you sure. know people know all the artists they know but they don't know all the millions and millions that that haven't they're that trying that haven't broke through
2: do you feel like um the way music is more on demand now than it used to be is changing that how quickly yes. somebody gets into
1: that I, I do but i still think you need either a hit song or you need some sort of viral video or something mm-hmm. to get that attention yeah. but it, yeah it's, it's way easier now
2: you're smart sure. to do that find find something that that caught that could be part of the show too you know with like like Earl yeah you know, i know there's been other ones there's been Donnie Cowboy well the, the, do you the can her, do you consider yourself their manager as well
1: <laughs> Donnie and <laughs> Dwayne not, not yeah. really and they Earl. haven't asked
2: for anything well but if they make some money i mean you could you could jump in on it right? i could yeah. i could help
1: them out i'll represent you. i could i would manage them yeah
2: so if it wasn't another artist you say maybe a comedian yeah i could see that yeah because that's something you could also find to package up
1: yeah but it's it's very similar to what we do here you yeah. know with, with the music booking you need a booking agent you need you know stages you need places to perform same thing
2: do you have do you have a lot of people vying do you have a lot of ask i should say like of your services
1: i i had one recently yeah i won't name any names but um I did, and I I still do randomly. Um and I feel like a lot of times I could I could say, Hey, I can manage you and they'd say yes as
2: well, you know. Yeah. But, what about music? You get a lot of music. Yeah. Songs pitched to you? Yes.
1: Yeah. More so when we're about to release an album or or the publishers know we're going in to cut an album. Yeah. I'll what about just randos? Oh yeah. Yo, I gotta show you one. I got the other day, like last week.
2: It might be a hit? No, does it need to go on yee radio? It is
1: funny. No, I'll show you before we leave.
2: Okay, okay, because I've got an idea with that. Then
1: I feel bad for them because they're serious and they send like a package and like t- type out the notes and like a little a side note, like how much the song means to them. And they Granger would do great to cut it.
2: Yeah, is that what most of it is? Is songs they've written they want him to sing? So, yeah so, it's,
1: yeah. I mean it, they come from all different angles whether it's that way the traditional way though is either um Granger will call up his songwriting buddies that yeah. he feels comfortable with and he'll write with them that's the number one way besides Granger writing them himself but then I also get songs pitched to me from the all the publishers and my friends out in Nashville
2: yeah. anything that that you are like you probably you've gotten hits we've
1: got cuts from the last every done. album that that were outside that were pitched to us um, if the boot fits was pitched to me oh really um, I heard no that kidding. song um, five or six years ago wherever I was and I was like dude I love this song and good sent pick it, sent it to Granger and yeah, he changed up the words a little bit and then we became great friends with the writers that he still writes with to this day the Jordan Schmidt Andy Albert Mitchell Mitchelton Penny, Yep. all those guys
2: Mitchell's a big part of UU Radio I mean, we play a lot he's of his the man stuff. I yeah. love
1: Mitchell and he's the best he'll, he'll sit here and say that you know because of it the, if the boot fits and maybe there's some truth to that but I, he's just incredible talent and he was going to make it no matter what yeah. happened
2: yeah he writes a lot so, yeah and a lot of good stuff what so is the one you're going to show me after we hit stop on this the worst one
1: one of the worst yeah if not the worst
2: wow I feel like we almost need to share it <laughs> I don't want to call him out
1: <laughs> I don't want to call see him what out you said. Don't, if he listens to this <laughs>
2: He'll know. Let's wrap this up by talking about the Bachelorette. Okay, how did that happen?
1: Um, I, I guess it first happened. Granger played. They asked the Bachelorette asked him on Garrett and Becca's season to play. Happens like that at one of the dates, and that was in somewhere in Utah. It's really cool place. So we went out there and Granger uh, performed happens like that which was a single at the time the couple came in and there was fans there played a show and so anyway i guess i got to meet one or two or three of the producers and so our, they're
2: booking with you the producers are talking to you to get granger at it right
1: yes okay. and through through me and our publicist and yeah. then the label um uh, so my publicist always kind of joked from that moment on i could totally get you on the bachelor and I had no interest to do it. You know, that kind of stuff kind of scares me, like doing that, like you're out of your comfort zone, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's just not for me, but she just kept on and on. And so one day I remember we were in LA at like an award show and we we're at this, at a pool just hanging out. And she said, I could get you on it. I was like, all right, fine, just do it. Um, So she sent an email and um, connected me with the producer. We met that one time and and I think that was for Hannah's season. Um,
2: was what she pitched you for, was Hannah's season?
1: Well, the producer came back and said, we're we're booked, f- we're done for Hannah's season. Okay. Maybe next time. And so I didn't hear for six months. And so then I randomly out of the blue, got an email like six months later from the producer. And she said, hey Tyler, are you still single? And I said, yep. And uh, she said, do you want to be on the next season? I was like, uh, thought about it for a while, but I ended up saying sure. So you didn't have to make the video.
2: You have to all that. not that one of the I things? I did that make
1: the video the first time. Yeah. But then the second time that came around, she just one. said, yeah, I was kind of in. And then COVID was happening. And yeah. Um, oh, that's true.
2: So I had an end on that. I didn't think about that. So you, was it, had it already kind of started or was it right at the front of COVID?
1: Um, I So I went to go film it in June and July. And, and so, March is really when it yep, shut down. So it was in the middle. Wow. I think they were the Bachelorette that shows on. I think that was the first show back to filming, like going through the, proto- the yeah. protocols they needed to do. We were doing temperature checks and everything and all that stuff. We're like in a bubble because once we got checked, we're in, we still randomly got checked, but we didn't have everything. to wear the mask i guess because we were all like not didn't have it so you were like
2: in your own little camp though yeah. like you didn't leave that camp no
1: but usually on all those seasons I, th- yeah. I think they leave and go on these crazy like helicopter and vacations and all that stuff but we didn't we just stayed all at the la quinta in palm springs california
2: Do, what was your experience like
1: um it was it was great it was a crazy experience once in a lifetime kind of thing you know I was quarantined in my room for 10 days, couldn't leave. This um, is this before filming? Before filming so just to 10 make sure. days, not We there. got there, we quarantined, got tested every day, kind of thing. Right.
2: Finally, like it like it was going to fly in the window or I don't
1: know, <laughs> man. I finally got it that like yeah, so that was that was challenging, you know, to keep myself busy in the yeah. room, but Yeah, it was a great experience, you know. I left pretty early, but met a lot of great guys and and just it was just really cool to be a part of it you know the biggest tv show in the world it's kind of like a cool like i was on that would you do it again i don't i would have to it would have to be i don't know
2: would you ever be the bachelor the one that all the girls are chasing
1: yeah, see i think if you're on the other side of the fence as as a the bachelor as, as a guy on the bachelorette you're kind of there. you're one of 30 something guys sure. you know and there's but being the you're being the the guy you you're like the star like the producers are like making sure you're happy and like this is your show that would be a completely different experience would i do it i mean still probably not it's tough to tv's tough you know you you can't you can't really be yourself you know because that wouldn't make good tv i'm i'm generally a quiet keep to myself just work grind family kind of guy yeah. and so when you're expected to go on TV. The stuff that you see is kind of some outlandish, crazy drama, whatever kind of stuff. Are they I suggesting
2: you say stuff or do stuff?
1: Um, Yeah, they, I think, you know, I went into it. My strategy going into it was, I didn't really, I didn't ever really watch the show. I was like, I, I'm going to, I want to go into this and be me and, yeah. and experience it all for the first time and not have any preconceived who this person is or that, or how this works and just be me and just, be in the moment but now that i've been in it and i've seen a couple of episodes of the these other seasons that have come out i'm like man this is such a game like that you can go in and play and i'm sure like me being in the world of music i know it's similar with producers and directors and all this stuff kind of know how it works you know when i do we do a music video i pick the actor and like let's do them or not them let's put them here like so it's the same way with tv um you know you got to get a villain you got to get the knight in shining armor you got to get the people that are going to do stupid stuff and fight and
2: so is there is it possible to truly f- i mean there's, there's been a couple that have gotten married and have stayed married or still married today but is it is that just a an anomaly is that, I, you think it's hard to find love on a show like that
1: both of my buddies that left that show that one of them just yesterday they broke up i saw really yeah but um who was that blake moines and katie thurston she was the most recent bachelorette they got another one going right now but yeah they're cranking them out right now but yeah. they just broke up dale and claire claire was my season they broke up, but Zach um, and Tasha. So Claire left, and Tasha came in halfway because Claire fell for Dale, and Zach and Tasha seemed scene. like yeah. they're still going strong.
2: And they're still fine. Some of them work, most of them don't, but some do. Do you think it's just because they f- figured each other out after the cameras were over with, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, this is you are really cool," and yeah, it didn't happen on the show
1: because we're when you're on the show, it's like everything's romanticized, yeah. and and you're. Like you're competing against other guys, so you think you should like this girl because everybody else is, and cameras are on, and you're in these certain scenes and situations, and that's not really real life. So yeah, once once the cameras are off and you're back in the real world, that's when it's like, oh, is this really gonna happen?
2: That's what I've always wondered because you know, I mean, they go to these most outlandish places. They go to you know these first, you're flying private or a helicopter, which isn't real life for normal americans you're yeah waiting in line at tsa uh you forgot something back at home yeah. you're mad at the other one while you're traveling together because something that they they do annoys you that would be something i would i would watch i'd be yeah. like oh yeah that's real. yeah that's a good point you know they should do that they should you know one forgets their passport you yeah know, somebody takes it away i don't know
1: <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be good tv everybody exactly. wants a fantasy world you know Once,
2: yeah and they want to see it where it looks like it's real life yeah I don't know so you
1: great experience though
2: great experience yeah of course i mean if you take what is what is perceived to be people just finding love with cameras turned on and just because you have 30 guys walking in like yeah i'm gonna pick one of these or, or vice versa you know these 30 girls uh but to actually be able to go do it and go hey i met some cool people i've made some good connections either for business or friendship yeah that part it probably has to be
1: plus out. covid was going on is like well Nothing nothing's happening do. here exactly. <laughs> let me just go on a vacation to palm springs and you're not
2: approving shows yeah you're not, you're not working on i mean parkers. I, I
1: actually uh, the, for the country things album yeah. i've literally approved the artwork for the album literally like minutes before they took my phone away are you serious I was like yeah it looks good no changes good to go see ya and they took my phone so
2: here's my phone yeah wow Dude, this has been fun today. I, I'm sure there'll be a part two Thanks at some for point. Having me. Yeah, we'll have to uh, some more stuff go down. We'll we'll dig in a little deeper on on a few of these. And also comment. I mean, let us know what else you wanna you wanna hear or see on, on this podcast or who, who yeah. we should get on this. Absolutely. Next. Maybe uh, Granger and I've talked about this. Maybe you should co-host with me and we sit down with. Yeah, that'd be maybe, fun. I know you're close to Mitchell. Yeah. So maybe we have Mitchell on. Mitchell would be on for sure. And you and I sit down and talk with Mitchell about yeah. stuff. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah yeah but thank you uh thanks for being on today thank you guys for listening or watching watching remember you can uh, subscribe uh if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe button and uh and the notifications bell and you'll know whoever's coming up and we'll try to give you a little heads up on our socials as well yee yee radio and if you haven't downloaded the app i mean we got we can't go without saying that if you it's haven't downloaded free, the radio app yeah
1: and it's the best like i texted ant man the other day because there was a new song on there i was like man this band is really good Six forty one, six forty one. I was like, I love this song. This is great. Where'd you find them? So, it'll play your Hank, your your Hank and and your George Strait, and all the stuff that you're used to. And that new artist, Jason Aldine, and the new artist, Jason Aldine. But um, yeah. So yeah,
2: lots of good Granger music. Play some good stuff. yeah Yeah. Thanks so much for checking out yee, yee Radio, the podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Yee Yee Radio and watch any of the episodes on the Yee Yee Radio YouTube now. My name is the Ant-Man. We'll see you next time on Yee Yee Radio, the podcast.